plot after the theme song ends. Yeah, well, I think we've done that like twice. <laughs> um, but mostly I, it's because I just start doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to End the Nominees Were. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm Jenny. And this is a podcast where we watch every movie ever nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Uh, we're doing so. We're we're doing well so far. Yeah, we have We've got uh, this is number three. Exactly. Yeah. We well, you know, knock on wood, but we. I was about to say have successfully put out three episodes in a row. Oh yeah, um, that's fun. You can just hear the pipes. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, we are we are not in our normal recording space right now. Although we are in the same space that we recorded the episode that you will here yeah uh this episode is the post and this is one of our earliest episodes this is like the second thing we recorded and it doesn't sound good (laughs) i think the episode is okay but it's it i listening to it i was i was very upset (laughs) (laughs) yeah right now we have uh we have the heater we have the pipes we mm-hmm. have a ticking clock in the next room. Yeah, it's... which that's good. If this were a screenplay, that would be really good. It's very good <laughs> to have ticking clocks. It is. It keeps things moving. Yeah, uh, you want suspense. And a sense of urgency. Yeah, uh, but we we don't want to. Se- well, actually, a sense of urgency might uh, not hurt. <laughs> no. In recording this podcast. <laughs> oh, you know, I have been uh, complimented on the the flow of our episodes you know how how tight we are and i was like yeah that's all mike (laughs) editing out literally half of the episode but yeah yeah thank you to two people that have told me that that you like our show that's pretty Um, good uh, I guess it's my job as a podcaster to be like, you know, leave us a, a nice review on Apple Podcasts because yeah, apparently be nice. that's how other people find it. Apparently, um, yeah. I don't know how I get to see them, so if you've already done that, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I could just go. Look. Well, you'd have to look on the the store. Yeah. Uh, the the pod. I call it the iTunes Store, but it's not that anymore. No. It's, apparently, it's a whole it's a whole separate app, app now. Ugh, I, don't, yeah. I don't understand this stuff. Um. But anyway. But anyway. Um, so yeah, this is the post episode. Oh, I did want to talk about how um, the the big Oscar news. I feel like all this month mm. we're going to be mentioning stuff every week because uh, uh, the Academy just just keeps making it worse somehow. <laughs> it's true. Uh, they announced that uh, they're not going to have four categories in the show. Four randomly. Four randomly selected chosen. categories. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, it's bad. It is bad. I actually uh, thought I had more to say dis- about oh. it. But I, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's bad. Yeah, it's that's kind of it. I don't know. Yeah. Why does the show need to be three hours? Like, everybody that's that invested in watching the Oscars is not going to turn it off before Best Picture. Yeah, I, I think the, the real answer here is to get uh, the Oscars off of ABC, yeah, off of broadcast television because it's not it's not working there anymore. Exactly, it's it is an it's a niche thing. It yeah. w- it's always been a niche thing, but like forty years ago when there wasn't that many entertainment options, yeah, you would just every, watch you would the just Oscars. watch it because right. what else what else was going to be on 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 a Sunday night? Or, uh, it used to be on Monday nights. What? Yeah. I don't even remember that. Yeah, it was... Uh, I'm sure that I watched... Unless I was too young, I'm like, I'm sure I watched it. I don't know. I think they changed it in, like, the early 90s. Okay. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, 
but I don't yeah. know that I would have been going out of my way to watch it before mm-hmm. then. Yeah, I don't know. I um, probably I started watching the Oscars in the nineties in the in the Miramax days. Oh yes, yeah. When uh, when ABC, a wholly owned subsidiary of Disney, <laughs> who also owned Miramax, yep. they didn't care how long the Oscars right. were then. Exactly. I think the record right now is in 2001, the Oscars were like four hours and 20 minutes long. That sounds right. Um, but yeah, I I would like to see the Oscars not be on ABC because uh, it, it seems a bad fit now. Yeah. Uh, for one thing, it just seems like a... A conflict of interest but also like any place that would have the oscars now like they go to netflix they go to amazon everybody makes movies now that's true i that's why i think they should go to e e yes the people that are the most invested in whether or not the oscars are done well <laughs> it's true think about it e entertainment television Think of how much money they stand to make on the oscars or lose if the oscars disappear um I actually I don't, know. don't know. I don't know how E even makes money. Yeah. Nowadays, uh, but. You know, if you had told me uh, a year ago that E was not a, a, had not been a channel for 10 years, I would have been like, yeah, that's, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. Um, I don't know. Do we have anything else to say well, about I the was Oscars? Just, oh, about the Oscars. I, I don't think cutting categories is the right answer. No. I do think that there are probably if you did have to cut categories you you know could stand not to do them randomly although i guess if it actually was random that would be their idea is that then mm-hmm. they'll just cut four every year and they'll be different every yeah. year but Matt, you know i don't know it's i don't i don't think it's good yeah that th- this is the thing uh if their plan going forward is to cut four random categories every year and they're going to be different every year uh, guess what? They're never going to cut the best actor it's, and yeah, actress. Right, so exactly. It's never going to be truly random. Yeah. They're never going to not show best picture yep. at the very end. Yep. Uh, so it's it's a bit disingenuous. I agree. Uh, I've heard some people suggest uh, combining sound mixing and sound design or sound since, editing. Since most people... Do not know the difference. Yeah, between those and they are they are very different things, but also very often the exact same people win both that's, categories. That is often true. That happens. Yeah. That's happened multiple times. Yeah, I would say probably more often than not. Yeah, right. Or, or at the very least, know. like uh, we'll the, like the we'll the same that. movie will be nominated for both things. Like like the nominations in both categories, the movies are almost exactly identical, yeah. mm-hmm. and sometimes the people are different, but not always. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know what what should be. It's weird because it's not. It shouldn't really be. Like like right now, the Oscars they're serving like two different masters. They're, mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a celebration of of the craft of filmmaking, and it also has to be an entertaining variety show for right. some reason. But it but it shouldn't have to be that. Yeah, and I think the the all of the variety show stuff is all, you know vestigial of like trying to keep people who are not that invested in film yeah. you know to get them to watch the Oscars yeah. they want like in yeah. in 1975 you would watch the even if you didn't like movies you'd watch the Oscars because uh Bob Hope was hosting and there would be can can dancers <laughs> but now you can just watch whatever the hell you want yeah <laughs> it's true so they're never they're never coming back. No. Okay. Cool. Uh, <laughs> so 
uh, the post. Yep, the post. Well, no, we, yeah, is we had a very exciting talk about the post. I think uh, it was at this point four months ago that we recorded this episode. It's true. Um, I I had no yeah it, it was a while ago. I had no recollection of the fact that we were drinking wine. Yeah. While we did it, I did not know that until I heard uh, myself top off the wine glass mm-hmm. in the middle of the recording. Yeah, happens a yeah. lot. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so if I seem very excitable, that's why. And if I um, if I'm enunciating even less than usual, that's also <laughs> why. Um, oh, also though, because this was only our second episode, we have to throw in now all the business. Yeah, you, know? uh, you can follow our Twitter account at Nominees Pod. You can email us if you want to write us a nice letter. Uh, that's Nominees Pod at Gmail um that's it that's all the yeah. only things that we have right yeah. now yeah i i do i like to throw in the pod bean yeah uh if you're not already catching us in your in your podcatcher, yeah you can visit us at uh nominees were.podbean.com yes. yeah it's very confusingly uh slightly different yeah from right the exactly other addresses well it's just because nominees pod.podbean.com yeah that sounds it's really weird nominees pod.pod.podpodpod yeah exactly yep and yeah, if you like the show, uh, this is why are we? Why is there an outro at the beginning of this show? I, well, because we don't silly. we don't have one at the end of the show. That's, true. That's why. I guess you could cut this and put it at the end of the show I if could. you wanted to. If okay, you've already well, hey, done that it, was the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I guess enjoy our discussion of the post. Yes. As I think you have said before, uh, this is a capital M movie. Did you say that? Did I said I it was a capital G good movie. There you go. I almost remembered. Almost See, done. I almost correctly remembered a thing. Yeah, it is a, a prestige picture. Yeah. As as I would say. And yeah, this is like this is like the kind of movie they used to just make all the time back in the day. This is almost a throwback movie. We don't get a whole lot of these anymore. This movie where it stars multiple big name famous people in a, a movie about an important subject um and then and you get like a big name director to do it and it is costs money presumably yeah. like like yeah it does look like it costs some money which mm-hmm. is weird because it has five locations <laughs> um, but they had to it, there are five locations in the 70s True. They had to make so it all look like the 70s. Like they probably 70s. had to do a ton of CG in this movie that yeah. you just don't even notice. That's true. Well, you, you kind of notice something. You do. I actually was thinking about um, there is uh, the whole segments where they show, you know, the actual how a newspaper is printed. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I like this. I like getting to see the thing. But it looked like CG. It, like, it was something about, I guess, the lighting or the close-ups or, I don't know, something like that. It looked like... A computerized printing press, like, like I didn't I think know. so. I thought it. Did. Although I, I do wonder if they were like, could they have even gotten and a uh, camera that close or, to them? an old printing press oh, to like well, still work? That's true. Hey, if uh, if the newsies could do it, you know, then I'm sure Steven Spielberg could. It's true. That's my brand. I'm just going to sneak in references to Newsies. Sure. All the time. Why not? You know, this is a very topical movie, though, uh, 
for Newsies because Newsies is as well about. <laughs> I thought you were going to go back to talking about the post. No, I'm talking it together. Was a very topical I'm talking movie. Well, it, the post is a very topical movie. Yes, which I'll get to. But but I mean, they are both about the freedom of the press a little bit, not kind of. Only the very end of Newsies is about the freedom of the press. Really. Yeah. The rest of it is about uh, unions. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also topical. I'm stretching. Okay, I'm sorry. I guess, I'm, the, I'm I guess this here. is now a podcast about Newsies. <laughs> this, is, this is Newsycast, where we talk about Newsies and mm-hmm. tie it into everything else that has ever happened in American history. Yeah. Yeah, so the post, though. Yeah. Uh, how, did, how did good old Steve, uh, how did he get this, this gig? Was this his idea? Do you know? Do you know yeah. Well, uh, basically, this movie was written um, by Liz Hanna. It was her first screenplay. She, I supposedly, she'd never really had ambitions to be a screenwriter before. She was just like heard this story and was like, "This would make a move, good movie. I'm gonna write this movie," and she did. And somehow it got her way. It got his way to Hollywood, where uh, Amy Pascal, who used to be the head of Sony, uh, who was uh, when they had all those leaks, right? Uh, she was in charge, and I, th- I think she got fired over that, basically, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but then she went back to producing her own movies uh, independently, and she found the script, and she, and she loved it, and she bought it, and she wanted Spielberg to make it. And Spielberg, he was already in either... In, in some... He was in some phase of production on Ready Player One, mm. either... Pre or post, I think it might have been that he had shot the entire movie already, and they were just but doing they, all the effects. Yeah, and it was going to take okay. a really long time. And uh, he said, "I, you know, this is a great movie. I want to make this movie, but I want to make it now because if we make it in like a year, it's not going to be as effective." Mm. And uh, so, yeah, they were in. I think they were in post production on Ready Player One, and they started production in this movie at the same time, like January of 2017. And it was in theaters by December, which is another thing that doesn't happen that much anymore. Right. It used to happen a lot. Like, you could make a movie in under a year. Okay. Uh, but it really... It, the big movies, they take a lot longer than that now. Every movie takes, like, three years to produce, which is insane. That is... Yeah. That is a lot. Especially yeah. because, like... That I mean, that checks out, because if this movie had come out in three years, it would have been, like... Yeah, yeah, I remember when that was yeah. happening You're, before. Remember like, freedom of remember, the press, right? Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know that was a thing too with this movie, is that um, as I was watching this movie and it was like, yeah, f- oh well, I, the way that I put it the other day, I was like, um, you know, spoilers for the whole plot of the movie, which we will go through. Okay. But um, but at the very end of the movie. <clears throat> Uh, they've gone to court and they win and everybody's like yeah we won and everybody's so excited and it felt like the movie was like yeah and then journalism was saved <laughs> like n- no yeah no no one ever had to worry about that ever again yeah yeah we did it no no that's not how that works and that was depressing that was a depressing moment <laughs> um, which I don't think it was I don't know well that's the thing too is I was going to say that I don't think it was intended to be, but maybe it was intended to be. I don't like, know. Like, maybe that was the point, is that the end of the movie is so 
clear-cut, positive, like, yeah, we did it, and that you're supposed to be like, did you? (laughs) Did you do it? You know, it's weird. This movie, I feel like, well, it's certainly got its fair share of of Spielbergian, uh, like, on-the-nose moments of, like, sentiment and stuff, which I I love Spielberg movies, Mm -hmm. but he does, he tends to put a point on whatever point he's trying to make. Right. Uh, And it does have its fair share of moments like that where it's like, they're like, journalism, it's very important. We have to do these things. Uh, but also, like, the rest of the movie, I'm not quite sure what they're trying to go for in a weird way. I think there's also uh, the the secondary uh, theme of the movie, mm-hmm. which he also goes and puts a real big point on. Uh, but the one that spoke to me more, which was, you know, uh, sexism uh, in the workplace and, and feminism and the way that women's roles changed. Yeah. Basically. Which I like. I actually I ended up feeling a little bit like this movie was kind of two very good movies on basically the same topic that kind of had to be mushed together, (laughs) and therefore did neither of them really worked very well. Right. It's like it's like they were making a movie about Ben Bradley Mm -hmm. and a movie about Catherine Graham. And then went, well, these are each half a movie. Let's put it together. I I feel like I could watch like a two-hour movie about either half of this story, but it would be weird if those two movies existed because their stories do overlap so much. Right. But squeezing them both into a two-hour movie, uh, everything felt a little rushed or stretched. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this movie felt long and short at the same time. Yeah. Like, it takes place over, what, like, four days? Until Pretty the much. En- until the end when they're going to court, where it seems like that should be taking a longer amount of time, but it happens, I like, in consecutive I, scenes. I really I don't, know. don't know. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. So, this movie starts... Uh, with a title card of uh, Vietnam, yes. 1966, and right away they they decide to set the scene really well in the most cliched manner possible. It's it's such a cliche now, where, like where you see a scene in Vietnam, where you see like footage of Vietnam, and you hear that 60s music, but it's yeah. always a very specific type of 60s music, right? Uh, and of course, they go with Creedence Clearwater Revival. I was gonna say because I didn't remember which song it was in yeah. this movie. I was going to say somebody like CCR. <laughs> yeah, and it's, then it was, was it was literally that, and it was like uh, they showed maybe a modicum of restraint in not using the song "Rumble in the Jungle" by CCR. <laughs> Instead, they used "Green River," which I already pointed out to you came out. Three years after this scene in Vietnam. That's right, you did point that which, out. Which, like, if you're going to go for a super uh, specific song, like, if you're going to go for the most cliche type song, you could have picked a song from 1966. Like, there were, <laughs> there were like, the Vietnam songs back then. This is out of my depth. I don't know a ton about the music of the 60s. Uh, because I made a conscious decision when I was young to not listen to it. And then Forrest Gump happened, and I was like, "Well, I guess this isn't so bad." Oh, I can only imagine how bad it is in Forrest Gump. I'm not. It's, I still haven't seen Forrest Gump. Oh man, we're getting to that. I know we will, but there is a reason why uh, the Forrest Gump soundtrack was incredibly popular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so they they immediately start this off, and I'm like, "All right." <laughs> 
Like, this is a lot. Yeah. Do you know what I thought of immediately? Well, okay, so as everybody is getting ready to go off into the jungle for yeah. recon, I don't know. I don't, that's the thing. I'm never clear in Vietnam movies what anybody is actually doing. Well, Are they like, patrolling? Are I feel they like in general... For, like, like, Vietnam missions that I've seen in movies are basically, get your guns, go into, go the, into jungle, the jungle, and right. if you see any Vietnamese person, yeah. shoot them. Yeah, that's like, it, it seems like a bad strategy. Yeah, the whole thing but, was, well, that's but kind there you of go, the, that's the point. That's, that's the, the point, point of, of the movie, <laughs> is that this was a very bad strategy. <laughs> but yeah, so, so they're all getting ready to go into the jungle, and uh, there's, um, there's the, the nebbish, uh, Dan Ellsbury, right? Yeah, is Dan Ellsberg. Oh, Ellsberg. Okay. Um, he is the the journalist, mm-hmm. and he and you know somebody is like, oh, who is that guy? Yeah. He's the observer. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, fringe. No, but <laughs> but I immediately thought so. Like this dude who's a writer just gets to go into the jungle with the with the troops. Like, yeah. shouldn't you have to have like basic training? I mean or something? he might have I don't know. It's uh it's unclear. Okay. It doesn't necessarily need to be made clear. No, except I, that they like I, but it's just that I I, I wondered about that for yeah. the first ten minutes. And also like they have those like lines of pure exposition that they have these soldiers mm. say and so you kind of want them to be like, why does he get to observe? What's he doing here? Right. Oh yeah he went through basic training and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I guess, I guess that would slow it down yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, he trained with us back in the day. Yeah. And he's doing a survey of this thing. And like, yeah. But we have this whole beginning in Vietnam. And it's it's like a good five minutes of like of like combat footage and stuff. Yeah. You see this old People mission. Shot, and then he gets on a on plane and he talks to uh, Robert McNamara, who was the, was the secretary of defense or the secretary of war, if they are two different things. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, uh, he was he worked in government at the time, and they have this confrontation on the plane where uh, Ellsberg is like, "Yeah, we're oh, well, this is well, very bad. We shouldn't uh, be." McNamara here. is arguing with somebody else yeah. in government who I don't know if we ever find out who that no. is. Uh, but the other guy is like, "Oh, well, you know, the wars we're we're doing it. We're making progress." And McNamara is like, "No, we're, no, we're not. Let's ask this guy. He yeah. was there." And he's like, "Yeah, everything's the same." As it and, was years ago, yeah. and that's it's bad. And the, it's right, usually in yeah. war that's pretty bad. Yeah, and and then uh, and then they get off the plane, and mm, McNamara has a press conference where he's like, "Yep, we're making good progress. Yeah. Everything is fine." And, and then and then Ellsberg, he's just like, "But you can't. You, uh, you're lying <laughs> to people." Can't do that. And then he immediately goes to work and steals every document relating to the war <laughs> and then photocopies them. Yep. This, this well, he takes them to he takes them to like a little like like he like, has like a friends. Print shop. Like, yeah, like, like they already had a plan. Yeah, like they I don't know, he has like two friends and they go into a little print shop and they cut off all the top secret things and they photocopy everything. Yeah. And like I was like, ow, who are these people? Yeah. And then like that almost never comes up. This again, whole but. segment feels so rushed because they feel like they want to try to get every single part of the the reasoning behind this these the leaking of these documents. But I feel like you don't actually need to know all this stuff. Yeah. No, that's true. I feel like I this this movie could have started off with like a montage of like which I feel like there is in the movie there's like a montage of like presidents talking about the war. Yeah. 
I they I have like, that montage while they're photocopying the documents. Yeah, I feel like it could have started that started the movie off with that, and then just sort of like I don't know, gone from there. I did, we did not need that scene in Vietnam. I feel like I do feel like yeah. I feel like there's a couple of reasons for it. I don't know that I would say whether or not I think it's necessary, but I do. I see the reasons why it's there, and one is like as dumb as it is because you know uh, because we are so far in the future based on when Vietnam happened, you know, you got to remind the kids, Mm -hmm. uh, hey, this was a war that was a hot mess. Um, And then also, I think that uh, they want, that Spielberg wants you to meet uh, Dan Ellsberg and see his, like, you know, conscience and stuff like that because, um, um, uh, Odenkirk won't. I was like, I was really struggling to remember the real guy that he plays, and I that was like, Deakian. Yeah, got a great name. I was like Benicky, and I'm like, nope, nope, that's a different guy. That's from Breaking Bad. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then that that made me struggle more. I was like <laughs> Saul, Saul. Nope. Anyway, um, so I gave up. But anyway, so yeah, so he doesn't get want to give up his source later, and mm-hmm. I think that it's that. That that's the other reason why you meet him is because Spielberg will then be like, then you won't want him to give up his source because because you've met this little nebbish and you know he wants to do good. Yeah, except I just, there's except not you, there's not enough all, there. That's all you yeah, that's all you do is meet yeah. him. Basically. Matthew Reese gets like six lines in this movie. Yeah, maybe maybe and, like this movie is full. Of, this got a, such a huge cast and so many of them get like six lines. Yeah. Yeah, Zach Woods is in this yeah. movie. He has, I think, two lines. Yeah. <laughs> and half of them are like, well, half of his two lines he, are like he, underneath he, other people yelling. Yeah, he has, he has like three lines and he says them all in like one shot in which he just keeps walking back and forth in the frame. Right. It's really, yeah. that's, that's distracting me. This is a thing that I want to get into. Okay. Uh, which is the, the actual way this movie was shot and like staged and stuff, which is really weird to me okay. it does not work but we're we're going into the plot here okay. i guess so uh yeah. so yeah so he photocopies all of the documents about vietnam mm-hmm. basically this whole study that the government had been doing for what looks like 30 years right yeah. something like that well, basically about- since the war began like in the mid the late 50s i guess well, i, I want to say one of the shots shows that uh, the actual study started even before that. Okay. Or or maybe that they researched time before that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But either way, um, yeah, so they that they've been doing this study uh, for long before the war began that has always indicated it's not a good idea, yeah. basically. And then also includes all these other things that they've been doing, like, you know, interfering in elections and stuff like that. All the, like, yeah, yeah that's all in the study. So... Um, then... I think then we go straight from there to... To Kay Graham. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, being coached through... Like, they're, they're going to have a board meeting about uh, why they should go public with the company. And she's got her all, all her talking points she's yep. being coached through. Um, and... Yeah, th- this whole part of the movie I, I quite like. Um, yeah. I like, and, you know, part of it is just because Meryl Streep is great. Yeah, she's very good. I, I love all the stuff with Catherine Graham. Mm-hmm. Basically, every, like, especially because, like, 
she is, and you know, in this scene too, the like this sequence is a good example because like she's talking with her uh basically he seems like her advisor, Fritz. Mm-hmm. Um, who is Tracy Letts, right? Yeah. And um they are yeah, and she's giving him the talking points about why they're taking the post public and stock and blah 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 and he's like see you know this mm-hmm. and then they go to the meeting and she gets all flustered right yeah. and she can't speak mm-hmm. and so he says the talking points for her actually yeah. she does speak at one point yeah. when they're talking about you know uh how much money it is and she says how much money it is and they ignore her and they mm-hmm. go and figure it out themselves and they're like well that would be how many jobs and she says 25 reporters and they ignore her yeah and then when they actually turn to her, she can't speak because mm-hmm. she's just been ignored twice. Yeah. And so Fritz has to step up. Yeah. And I do yeah. love in that um, in that scene, when Fritz is talking through all this stuff, uh, it just sort of like slowly pushes in on her face. Yeah. Uh, you know, feeling like a piece of shit because she couldn't uh, do the thing. Yep. Uh, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I love her okay. performance in this movie. She doesn't, she doesn't have a ton to do. No. But she does it all well, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, her character character arc essentially is uh, a lady who doesn't feel qualified to hold her job, mm-hmm. but... Uh, and then, and then but, because, like, everybody else is telling her how unqualified she is, she's like, she's fuck like, you. She's like, fuck you. <laughs> I want to do this job. Yeah. And so, yeah, so then she does it. Yeah. And that's great. Mm-hmm. I, I identify strongly with with my motivation being like, you can't do that. Oh, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> so. Don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's one of the things, too, not to skip right to the end, but that's what I was getting at before about him putting, like, a big point on things, mm-hmm. is um, at the very end of the movie when they're leaving uh, the courthouse, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, the the all the reporters stop, and they're talking to uh, Abe What's-His-Face from the Times, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and you know, and the and the, the the post crew is over on the other side, and they're like, "Well, we should say something." And she's like, "No, we already said everything that needs to be said." And starts so just walking down the stairs, and mm. nobody's looking at her except then suddenly a string of like twenty women in a row yeah. just looking at her admiringly, yeah. and like I feel like like that's too much. Yeah, like, I, I kind of hate that. I had strong feelings about the point, but I feel like that could have been accomplished with like three girls sprinkled in among yeah. some dudes. I feel not like literally a string of women. I feel like in general, a problem that this movie has is in depicting protesters. Uh, there's a couple yeah. shots in the movie where they're going to a place and there's a big, huge crowd of people outside and it's just the most like stereotypical hippie protesters that you can think of. That's true. I wondered like, about that too, though, because obviously I've I've never been to a protest in the sixties, yeah. and so but this yeah, is it, could, it could all be like accurate. Movies. That's yeah, the, that like I don't know. Like. And I just I I was actually thinking about this while I was watching the movie. Was uh, I feel like uh, capitalism has purposely made it so that you can't just go protest. It's true. It's, you know. Uh, but anyway, so back to the back to uh, the the post. Yeah. So they've they've got this whole uh, whole scene in the boardroom. I'm pretty sure that the the, the Merrill part goes from like the scene in her office right to the scene in the boardroom. I think. Yeah, I think it does. And yeah. then she goes to meet Ben Bradley. Yeah, I think so. For breakfast. Yeah. 
That actually, that might be in, in between. between. That yeah, might be in I between. think it might be in between. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is... I'm already it, struggling to remember no, that's the, okay. of this movie. That's okay. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, that... So, what did they talk about at breakfast? I can't remember. Uh, well, like, the big news was that um, the the Nixon White House didn't want to let in a Washington Post reporter to cover oh, right. uh, Trisha Nixon's Trisha wedding. Yeah. And, and um, Graham was like, let's just send somebody else. And Bradley was like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> this is not... <laughs> yep. And, and like, there's really no point for this subplot other than that uh, to show that the Post that Nixon was already antagonistic to the yeah. Washington Post. And it's sort of a it's sort of a lead into the relationship between Ben and, and Catherine. That's true. Uh, and how they approach this stuff. Um, this was the first scene that where I noticed that I really didn't like the the camera work in this movie. Okay. Which uh, this scene starts it's like a it's sort of a wide shot of this uh, this restaurant wherever they're eating is it looked like a hotel or like a men's club or something. It did. Um and she's walking in, and you sort of, the camera sort of follows her, and then it like settles down on the table, uh, and it's like all one shot, and it sort of like goes back and forth between uh, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep for a little while, and then it sort of like zooms in, so it's just like a two shot of the both of them, and it just seemed so unnecessary. It like. Like, I'm all for movies that don't just resort to, like, there's two people sitting across from each other, and you cut to, like, a close-up of one, and then you cut to a close-up of the other one, and they're just talking back and forth. I hate that in movies. But th- this was on, this was a scene where you could have literally just, like, plunked the camera down and had them talk to each other and not had the big... It, the camera's always moving in this movie, <laughs> and it's incredibly distracting to me while watching it. Okay. There's There's times when... Uh, it feels important that the camera should move, like like he's he's moving the camera to like suggest motion or something, like you know that like uh, like there's a scene of like a kid walking down the hallway to deliver this letter, and the camera like zooms in like you're uh, like in from his point of view. Right. But then there's times when it's just sort of like wandering around. <laughs> it's just like swaying back and forth. And I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> he's trying to put us to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's rocking us safely to sleep. I think if I had to guess, it was like you know, he's like it's a it's a newsroom. Things are always in motion. Things okay. are always happening. Okay. So let's always have the camera moving. But you don't, it's you don't need to do that. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't work for me. Okay. And th- this scene, I really noticed it because like eventually, it's like a big long shot. The whole scene is in one take, and you event- the camera eventually like pushes in, so it's just framed just right, so that Tom Hanks is on the left and Mel Schlepp is on the right. And that's just what the whole scene should have been from the beginning. But instead, it's just sort of like hanging out at the edge of the table <laughs> for a while. Uh, I didn't uh, notice this. I didn't notice any of this. But also, uh, <clears throat> one, I don't always. And yeah. two, you've seen it twice now. Yeah, this was my second time watching okay. it. So, I, yeah, I noticed a couple of things that I didn't notice uh, the first time around. Okay. Um, but Although yeah. I think I noticed that shot the first time I was watching it. Too. <laughs> I was like, why is this happening? Um, oh yeah, so, but, so they, you know, whatever, they have this conversation about, uh, Trish and Nixon's wedding, mm-hmm. and blah, 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 and, um, uh, there's a reporter from the Times 
who hasn't been, who uh, Bradley, like, wants to know what he's working on because he's mm-hmm. their top guy, Neil Sheehan, right? Yeah. And, uh, and he wants to know what he's working on because he hasn't published anything in forever. And he's like, something's up, something's up. Uh, we're going to do this thing, uh, but you, kid, find out what that guy is doing. Mm-hmm. And literally just takes an intern, gives him 40 bucks, and puts him on a train in New York. And he's supposed to just walk into the newsroom and find... I don't know. Yeah, pretty and much. This, yeah. This whole sequence is weird because it accomplishes nothing. nothing. Yeah. Right. It's the cantabite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you you watching these characters fail, but like you don't need to see it. It's the, right. at the, the yeah, point in this because case, you're not yeah, you invested know. in these characters. Right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't need there's no arc to the intern, you yeah. know. You literally you could have literally cut that entire part out name. and just saw uh you went to the cuz they have a shot in the movie of them getting the New York Times as soon as it's dropped off the yeah. truck like 5 in the morning and you could have like just cut to that and yeah, like Ben like, Bradley going, "Ah, shit." Yeah, because it's like all that you learn from this is that they knew for a couple of hours beforehand that something big was going to be in the paper the next day. Yeah, and it's like, cool. And it's like a big contrast because their uh, their front page story is this big thing about the Pentagon Papers, and the Washington Post's big story is about Trisha Nixon's wedding. Right, which they weren't <clears throat> even allowed to go to. Yeah, yeah. And it and it is a it's a very good contrast. It's a very good motivator for why they want to be better why they want to get this big story but yeah this whole sequence is is really unnecessary yeah it's like yeah i feel like you could cut out that part of it and still the narrative would be the same but um Um, we did skip over kind of my favorite element of the movie when it was first introduced is that the first time you go into the washington post newsroom uh ben bradley is uh walking and talking with Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's an accidental Bob and David reunion. Yep. Do you know it uh, took me half the movie to recognize David Cross, too? <laughs> I mean, it's understandable because he's got that weird wig and stuff, yep. but that's his voice. He's got... Yeah, no, it's true. He's got that that voice. That's true. He does not have right, that. They're always in scenes, like, literally standing right next to each other, and they never exchange a word of dialogue I think, between, between <laughs> I think them. That, yeah, I think that's true. But it's, I thought that was so weird. <laughs> I could never get over it in any scene where they were uh, where they were together. Oh, yeah, that's right. The other thing before um, before the, the news comes out, before the, the Times story comes out, mm-hmm. is uh, K. Graham is having a party... And uh, Robert McNamara is there because yeah. because they're friends. They're like old friends, and um, and he pulls her aside. You know, which is there's a whole thing happening like with this party too, mm-hmm. which is which is uh, pointed. Which is like they're all you know sitting around. And it's a dinner party, and then talks and goes then to politics. The men start talking about politics, yeah. and the women are like, "Oh, well, I guess we're not needed or yeah. whatever," and they yeah. all get up. And go retire to the to the parlor to talk about the style section, mm-hmm. which uh, which there had been a note in the scene earlier where uh, K. Graham is talking to Ben Bradley and is like, you know, the style section is a mess, and he's like, don't tell me how to rub my paper, <laughs> and she's like, it's my paper, but whatever. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Anyway. It's an, it's an interesting. I definitely love that uh, that sort of difference there, uh, but I wish that the movie was a little bit more clear on is like. I mean, like I think the suggestion is that like 
you know, there's no reason to exclude Catherine Graham from this politics talk. Yeah. She runs the paper. But also, but also she, she as a person re- might be more interested yeah, in the style that's section. I, that's what I was, you know, because that was why I thought this scene was interesting. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, because I thought that as the lady who ran the paper that, oh, maybe she wanted to sit with the men and talk about politics. But no, she seems relieved to leave the room and go talk <laughs> about the style section. Yeah. And um, and that, I think, is an interesting thing, which they also, you know, touch on again a little bit later, is that um, at least at this point in in her life, um, she I think she thinks of herself as a woman with a job. You know yeah. what I mean? Not like this is not her interest. Yeah, she went she from wants to do a good job. Though. She went from yeah. being a housewife. That's right. Like yeah. uh, an upper class housewife who didn't really have to do all that much, yep. also, yeah. uh, to like having a job and running yeah. a very important uh, company. company. Yeah. Oh, even though they keep referring to it as a small family paper. Yes, which it was at that time. Like okay. they really, it, uh, it reported on the business of Washington. It didn't break national news. Okay. This was the first time the Washington Post made like national headlines. It was like, you know, like the. I don't know, uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune or something like okay. that. It was like nobody is going to them for big news. Okay. They were going, they were going there for news about Washington, about Washington, yeah. about the actual metropolitan area of Washington. Yeah, or like I mean, like I think they would do like you know political stuff too because it was the the paper of Washington. Right. But it wasn't like they they weren't getting the big stories. Okay. That was and the New York Times right. uh, job. And that's what Ben Bradley wants. Is yeah. he wants to be breaking the big stories he's like we're right here it's literally here and and yeah and they're like but what about this wedding so um so yeah so she is going off to the to the lounge to talk Mm -hmm. about the styles action and how much she hates it and um and McNamara McNamara pulls her aside and is like so I think you should know yeah there's a story coming out about me tomorrow and it's not going to be flattering. <laughs> yeah, which is super vague. And if someone came to you now and said that, you're like, oh, God, who like, did you hurt? Yeah, right. Who did you touch? <laughs> yep. It's true. <laughs> and why? Are, why? Yep. Oh. Yeah, that's 100% true. Cool. Well, I mean, it's still, uh, no, it's true, but it's also, you know, it's a very, it's a very big deal because, because he could have been like, cancel the war. Yeah. You know, and like he might not have been able to do it, but he could have said it and it would have been a big deal. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like, um, I mean, this this movie never really uh, elaborates on that, but I do feel like McNamara was in this position where he should have been telling the president, like, this war is bad, we should stop doing this war, but I feel like probably if he did that to any of these presidents, they would have been like, I'm going to get a new Secretary of War. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Uh, and he would have just been, he would have been cast out of, of because the war was that big a deal. The, right. You know, the, America could not lose face yeah. by by letting a country go communist. Yeah. They uh, say later on in the movie, they break it down into like numbers, like percentage of soldiers and why they were sent. Yeah, which and, I... Uh, which, is weird because it is weird. How how did they uh, how did they get those numbers? Yeah, yeah. those numbers but, don't make sense because it's like eighty percent were there just because we didn't want to lose. And like how did how did you how do you figure out that number? Yeah, I I imagined it, that it was I I, I I could imagine that being a statement that they found somewhere, but I imagined it was more of a colloquial thing than yeah. than actual somebody crunched the numbers. Yeah, it was but, like seventy percent of men are here. <laughs> 
you know, because we don't want to lose to the commies. I mm-hmm. don't know. Or whatever it is. Whatever the logic was. It's dumb logic, and that was the point of the scene, so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she calls Ben and is like, hey, uh, so the Times is a story. It's about McNamara. That's all I got. And so Ben Bradley's just like, fuck. All right. (laughs) And that's when then they go and they buy all the papers at three o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. And they just let paper blow away into the street while they're reading, which I thought was hilarious. You remember that? Yeah, I do. So the whole, like, middle of this movie is a whole bunch of things, a whole like series of events that I'm sure is what actually happened uh, in real life, but which mo- most of which could have been cut out of the movie. Yeah. Like they true. like they send the intern to New York and he doesn't really get any information to bring back. And then they learn about the front page story when they just read about it. And then like somebody leaves uh, a shoebox Full of of, some of the Pentagon papers on just some random dude's desk. desk. But then they get the Pentagon papers because Ben Bagdikian has a connection to the guy in real life. Yeah, who stole them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a whole bunch of stuff that is somewhat contradictory. They didn't all need to... It's it's a very... It's not a very good story, which I realize it's real life. It's what happened. But like... I have to imagine most of this movie is not realistic to what actually happened. Yeah, that's probably So true. they didn't need to include beat by beat what really happened. Right. You know. And I wonder, like, I, do you think that there is, like, a, a scholar? Well, I guess there probably is, right? Because it's probably where the lady that wrote the screenplay got this from. There's probably, like, a book I'm or sure something. there's a book. I do know there is a documentary about Daniel Ellsberg. Okay. Called The Most Dangerous Man in America. Okay. I'm sure there is, uh, I hope there is a book about this thing. I did notice on the Wikipedia page, at least. Um, oh, that's so, how I was following the plot. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, I have it open to the production side. Um, oh, okay. I'm, I had it open to the plot. It said, uh, as filming commenced, the number of New York Times figures who were associated with the Pentagon Papers case, among them James Greenfield, James Goodale, Alan Siegel, and Max Frankel, objected to the film's production due to the script's lack of emphasis on the Times' role in breaking the story, which... Yeah, they... Goodale, who was at the uh, time the Times' in-house counsel, later called the film a good movie but bad history. (laughs) Which, if this movie is bad history, I didn't think it was that good a movie, so I'm wondering what what value this movie holds. It makes me wonder if the intention almost, because, you know... I feel like, you know, the the intention is probably to make the story about freedom of the press because freedom of the press is important. Yeah. But why not make the story about the Post instead of the Times? Because then you can also make it about feminism, and feminism is important. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably why. But it also is probably why it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's just, it's just <laughs> all of these things just don't really fit together yeah. uh, very well to me. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. I'm sure if uh, if the Times had a female publisher, the story would have been about the Times. It's true. But then they would have missed out on the, the Woodward and Bernstein shared universe. <laughs> Yeah, that's which is one of my favorite jokes. That yeah, you've ever this made. is uh, the the weirdest thing to me. Uh, just to jump all the way to the end of the movie, 
Uh, because, yeah, uh, spoiler alert, they, they win, uh, democracy is saved. Uh, and then, and then the movie cuts to, uh, and then, what, after, well, well, it cuts well, to, no, like, Nixon in the White House, like, saying, oh, oh I was, no, uh, I was gonna say, even before that, right, okay. even before that, as they're walking out, as democracy is saved, you know, it's, it's K. Graham and, uh, Ben Bradley, they're walking out in the shot from the back, and she's like, you know, as long as you don't put me under this much stress all the time, ha, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then they cut to Nixon. Yeah, they, Oh, and they, they, throughout the movie, they've been cutting to Richard Nixon yep. in the in the Oval Office, like, from very far away, like, right. you're, like you're filming from, like, behind the fence. Yeah, you're and in it's, the And tree. it's this Nixon impersonator who you never see his face. He's always facing away from the camera and just, like, wagging his finger in the air as he's on the phone yelling. Yep. And it's just... It's, and it's, it's just, like and it's rec- it sounds like it's, though, is it actual recordings? I think it is probably... Um, or is it it's probably, I think, uh, impersonators doing the exact words the from the Nixon, okay. doing the transcripts of the Nixon tapes. Okay. So I feel like probably if they use the actual tapes, there would probably like a rights issue there. Oh, I okay. But they want it to sound like it's the actual Nixon tapes that they're using. Okay. And but yeah. So anyway, so and, and the and but the the guy playing Nixon from the back is is overacting so hard, even though you can't even see his face. His like his body language is hunched over, and he's and he's like. He's, he's full like pounding his arm in the air, and it's just insane. It's nuts. It's it's like full on like Doonesbury, like like when they would have <laughs> d- strips true. of Doonesbury that are just the White House, and you just see words coming from the White House. That's what this felt like. Yeah, that's that's uh, fair. watching it in the yep. movie. But at the end, yeah, he's like, no, no, goddamn Washington Post reporter is ever going to be allowed in the White House again. Never. They're barred. Cut them out. And My then, favorite part of that is when. Um, uh, oh, what's his wife's name? I just blanked out. Uh, Pat? Pat Nixon? Yeah, and he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, and don't, don't let, don't let them uh, appeal to Pat, because Pat will just approve them. <laughs> I love that, just this little detail. Yeah. And then, yeah, then they go to, yeah, then they cut to the Watergate Hotel, and you see people breaking into the Watergate Hotel, and, and you're like, oh, what's going to happen for these Washington Post guys next? <laughs> And I love it. And then I went, it's like the Washington Post will return. Yeah. In, <laughs> in all the president's <laughs> men. And I, I, when I saw this, I was in a theater with, I went to go see it with my mom. And we were in a theater of mostly like baby boomers. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's who was going that's to see the post. That's who was going to see the post. Uh, and... And the, the noises that came from the audience... At this scene, it was it was like not quite a laugh. It was it was just sort of like it was like just a noise of of like recognition and like there's like, just like you're just like uh, <gasps> you're just well that sounded like an orgasm. <laughs> I uh I did it. All right, maybe not. I don't okay. know. I, I've never I've never actually heard one. <laughs> yeah. But that's not what it sounded like. Okay, it, it was just sort of like uh. <laughs> uh, that's the thing, you know. That's and I'm I might I might be making this up, but I feel like my mom turned to me like, "Oh, we're gonna know what's happening. What happens next?" So I'm like, and I'm just like, "Yeah, but we all know what happens next." <laughs> there was no reason to put this in the movie. I, I can, none. I can Zero. only imagine because you know Spielberg is also a baby boomer. Right? Yeah. I I can only imagine that he thought it was funny. Yeah. But like, it's like, ah, see, they're doing the thing. Yeah. Ah. 
Yeah, it's 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 the dramatic irony. But you know what? You get some that dramatic irony just from the end of the like. <laughs> yeah, already from them being like, oh, you know, let's go off and have a vacation. No, nobody says that. Yeah, but it, no, but nobody that's says the that. feeling of it. You know, the feeling of it is... Yeah, like like Kay Graham's like, well, don't do this to me all the time. Mm. This is a, a, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a lot closer to what she actually says. I don't know what I said originally. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, like, I mean, that's a bit on the nose for me, but right. like, that, exactly. that's fine. That's, that's already, that's, that's that was my point. That's already on the nose. And then they double down yeah, and it's then like they then, triple down. Yeah, it's like they, like Spielberg reaches out of the screen and boops you. <laughs> that's, that's how on the nose this is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to check real quick to see if we miss anything because we really did. Well, oh, well. We, we just skip a huge part we of the plot. We just skip it. Well, because uh, okay, because the whole no. I mean, because yeah, because the middle of the movie, even on Wikipedia, it's uh, like some stuff happens. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like uh, the middle of the movie is. Uh, yeah, it even says it's like Bagdigian tracks down Ellsberg, gets the papers. Then they have to decide whether or not to publish the papers. The the board says this, the legal team says this, and they mm. talk about it, and then they decide to do it. Yeah, that's it. That's that's, that's their yeah. description of. That's literally like an hour of the movie. Not that much, but yeah, it's 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 a significant thing that uh, I feel like the centerpiece of the movie. Maybe not in in actuality, but like to Spielberg, it, it was like the scene of them with all of the with Pentagon all the paper, papers, putting it together. Yeah, putting it that together I, and yeah, like I thought, kind and of like was, finding the story. I kind of thought that was the most interesting part. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so, so too. I, yeah. I think that might that uh, yeah, I think that scene works pretty well. Um, yeah, where they're all sitting around in Ben's house, and and his kids giving them lemonade. Yeah, I, I, I do love that running gag where the where the kid made like a hundred bucks <laughs> uh, for lemonade. Le- selling lemonade to these people. Yeah, I love the fact that like even after they've been there all day, like he has her still charging for the lemonade. Yeah, because because <laughs> Ben Bradley's a son of a bitch. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's the subtext that this movie is going yep. for. Yeah. Is Brad Bradley is he's a good guy, but he's he's a bit of a hard ass. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there are a couple of scenes in that middle section, though, that I did want to talk about because sure. they were interesting. Um, which is one of them is well, actually, yeah, there are really a few, which none of them are in this description of the mm-hmm. plot. But um, one of them is where um, they're talking about because you know how I, I mentioned how uh, Kate Graham is friends with Robert McNamara, and and you know they have parties together and this and that and blah mm-hmm. blah, and Ben Bradley comes at her. At one point, is like you know you don't want to you don't want to run the story because you're his friend, and uh, and she's like oh yeah like you were friends with Jack Kennedy, and and then it becomes a thing, and at the time he's just like all right well whatever and he storms out <laughs> and he leaves and uh, and he comes back later and he tells a story about how um, uh, after JFK got shot that uh, he and his wife met up with Jackie. And she was still covered in blood, and she's crying, and they're hugging. Mm-hmm. And Jackie turns to him and says, "Nothing I say can go in your paper." Yeah, and and, and, and I, I I forget what he says afterwards, but it's, I feel like it's basically along lines of like, "Oh shit, I was just I'm your friend. I yeah. was just yeah." He says that that broke his heart. Yeah, and, like I I was just here to to be yeah. a good person. Yeah, he's like I was yeah he's like and I was just there as a friend, and then I realized that sometimes you can't be both. Yeah. And so then that leads into then there's a scene later on which I really liked where um, where McNamara comes over to K. Graham's house and um, 
And she, you know, I think he's like, uh, I heard you have these papers. Don't, please don't. Mm. <laughs> and, and she's like, so my son went to Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. And he's back and that's great. But you knew that he was probably going to get killed. And you were just okay with that. <laughs> and, and like, it, I, I thought that that was like, even though it comes off as a little bit selfish, I thought that it was the perfect. Well, it's a great way for her to personalize it. Because right. it, it didn't feel like her problem at right. all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before that, even when he went off to war, she was like, well, I'm sure she was sad at the time, but yeah. she's like, well, it's well, for a good it's reason. For, right, yeah, it's, it's for, for a good, good cause. cause. And like, and now she knows that, like, you know, that even her friend who she trusted w- w- didn't think it was a good idea, but let it happen anyway. Yeah. And so, uh, and I think that, I think that she, that it's like her realizing that you can't be both. It follows through. It's the yeah. same through line, you know. Like, um, like you can be friends, but that doesn't mean that this person is going to take you take you into into their confidence for these things that they think are more important mm-hmm. than you yeah you know and so i but i like that whole sequence yeah i really i, I loved uh beryl in that scene yeah i feel like in the whole movie she's like fighting with her own emotions yeah i feel like she's like well i'm a woman i have to be a strong woman i can't you're not supposed to have emotion emotions and uh, i think that too part of it i i agree with that and i think that Part of it, too, is this idea of the... Uh, this is the 70s now, right? This is 1971. Okay. But she's an, but she's an older woman, and I think it's mm-hmm. an idea of femininity that still existed uh, for the older generation at that time, where it's like, um, not even so much that you're not supposed to show your emotions as it is that you are supposed to... You're not supposed to make trouble. Yeah. You know? Well, I, also, I, I do feel like it's... I feel like there was the stereotype at that time that like women are more emotional than men. Right. Exactly. Uh, and and because she is in a man's position, quote unquote, uh, that yeah, she is that's not supposed true. to be as emotional. That's a good point. As as she is maybe feeling, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, the other thing that I was going to say, which is I really like the stuff with uh, with her and Alison Brie. Yeah. Uh, who plays? And I remember being confused about this and asking you about the fa- uh, about this after the fact, and I still yeah, am I not no sure. Idea. I think it's if her she plays daughter. Her daughter or her daughter-in-law. I think it's her daughter. I'm still unclear. Because about I don't this, think you meet her son. You no, you do in that <laughs> one scene. Remember which I, we talked I have about. No memory her, her of this at all. Her son is played by Stark Sands from American Idiot. He was great in American Idiot. I, anyway, I think it, I think it's her daughter because. Like her kids are in the same house, right. and like it, I, I feel like they're they're very close for like a mother daughter in law. That's, that's true. That's a good point. But it's also a really big house. It is supposedly. Yeah. I don't know. Like it, it's a pretty big house. It would have been weird because you know, uh, well, because there's the whole thing which we never touched on, which is that um, they left uh, the post to K. Well, they left the post to K's husband. Yeah, which it's it was. Catherine Graham's father's company, and it right. had all, always been passed down through the family, and then they left it to her husband. Right. And she even says in, in the conversation with, with Alison Brie's character at one point, who I can't remember her name, I'm sorry. Uh, her name is um, Lally, which I don't know if they ever say that. I don't know if they ever say that, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I, that, that explains why in my head I made her Trudy, because that's her name on Mad Men, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. But but anyway, uh, yeah, so so she says in conversation, you know, they, they left they left him, my dad left him the paper, and I was so proud. Yeah. You know, she didn't feel passed over, because that's not how they did Yeah, things. that's not how yeah. that worked. Yeah, she, mm-hmm. she didn't expect to ever get the paper. Right. And I feel like they, they keep bringing this up, uh, because it is an injustice of sorts. Yeah. But they do always make a point of saying that her husband did a really good job at Until this Until he shot himself, presumably. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That's the thing. Or, that, or, or yeah, he, well, I don't he, know how he killed he himself he killed in him, some yeah. way. He killed himself in some way. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm reading. I, I was trying to skim his Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. It says that... Um, I don't know. It seems like in his will, he tried to leave stuff to her, uh-huh. and uh, and the court was involved because Ooh. he was mentally ill. Oh, okay. Uh, and it says, but I don't know if this is the paper Which? or other stuff. And it says uh, a compromise was really was reached whereby Catherine Graham gave up part of her inheritance in favor of her children. So okay, yeah. Which um, that's fair. She seemed like she had. Uh, well, maybe she was living in her kid's house then. I don't know. I guess that's possible. Yeah, I don't maybe. know. But she had parties and stuff there. Yeah. It felt like in the movie. It felt yeah. Like they her they house. didn't. Well, they didn't touch on this. They stuff, didn't. To, no, to they be didn't t- clear. This is the thing. If the movie had been about her, which I think I do think a whole movie could have been made about Catherine Graham, and yeah, it would I have agree. been possibly more interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. I would have watched that movie. Yeah. But all but that's the thing is like then if if the movie's just about her in this period, you do miss the the fun like investigation that's stuff. That's true, which I think of, he did want a lot yeah. as Spielberg, I mean. But I do think that uh, you know, the the whole time I watched this movie, both times I've watched this movie, I try so hard not to compare this movie to All the President's Men because mm-hmm. it should stand on its own. It's by a, a great director. It's about it's an interesting story in and of itself. But to me, All the President's Men is the high watermark of like journalism movies, and that movie is so much more exciting and it feels dangerous. And maybe you know, maybe this movie, maybe this story didn't feel as dangerous as that one, and so that's okay. But it's just it, like there's never there's never the tension of are they going to get the story, okay? Which is a thing in all the presidents went. Even though everyone watching that movie it already knows, knows it already happened, yeah, yeah, already knows the story. There's you still feel the tension of that, or like how are they going to get the story? Are they going to do this? And, and and you never feel that way. I while watching don't this movie. know if it's in t- like all the presidents men. I feel like has the tension of. Somebody gonna just shoot these guys, and yeah. I feel like you don't get that at all in the yeah. post. No. It's never like uh, like the government might kill you. Yeah, you know, and I, I don't know why that difference is. Well, yeah, they do try to make a threat real in this movie, but the threat is always, oh, well, the paper uh, might, everyone might go to jail for a little yeah. bit well it would be yeah it's like they're like, like they're the not gonna be convicted will... of a crime they're gonna be found in contempt, in contempt of, court, of court yeah which i mean you could be in jail for a while That's because true. of that but like not but since only... they're both like you know respectable people i can't imagine they would have been in jail that long yeah uh, the that's like the thing, which is why it's a better movie if it's about uh, K. Graham is because uh, 
uh, the the threat is that she will lose the paper. Yeah, the paper will go under. And, and she think, also yeah. she has the the hero's arc in right. this movie. She has yeah. she's the person who really changes. Yes, yeah. uh, and very specifically, like they they do put a point on that too. Like there's that there's that great scene where they're all like yes. eight pe- eight people yeah, are on a conference call to together. About. It's so good. This, that was and finally my they're just part. like. Do we do this? Are we? This is your decision. And, are we printing this? And and there's like and that fucking 20- Bradley Whitford keeps trying to talk Bruce, over her. Oh God. That fucking guy. Bradley that fucking Whitford. <laughs> Bradley Whitford. That will only make sense 20- if we actually release the Get Out episode first. Oh, you wow. know what? I think everyone knows this point. 2017. Bradley Whitford. Really racist. Really sexist. It's true. <laughs> it's, just, it's true. He was just the the white guy <laughs> establishment in. <laughs> <laughs> in every movie. Yep. Um, but yeah, and there's like there's like a 10 second pause while they're waiting for her decision, and then finally she's and I I love her performance. Her like, she's so like, uh, I think I think we should uh, I think we should we should we should go we should go we should go yeah we should do it let's print it let's do it let's do it uh, let's print it let's go we're doing it. And, and then she and like, like hangs up and yeah. walks away in her in her elaborate. Yeah, which dress. And she looks like she's it's, in like so uh, the Omega Man or like pla- <laughs> uh, Battle for the Planet of the Apes or something. She yeah, looks like so she's wearing like a like a future onesie. Yeah, uh, it's like a, it's like a muumuu with with like glitter on it. It's, yeah, it's, it's great. I have I no idea it. what this word means, but I kept getting the word caftan. It might be head. a caftan. That might be a better word than a muumuu. I don't know what a caftan actually um, is. I think a caftan is more like a coat though. Okay, and this was a dress, but I don't know. I'm looking up caftan. Okay. <laughs> Captain Graham. Yeah. Um, That's what um, they used to call her behind her back. Right? Captain Graham. It's a, it's a variant of a robe or tunic. That seemed um, like so a robe or, and or it, tunic. It did. Yep, that's fair. Uh, well, the um, the illustrations, however, are of, of uh, Turkish caftans okay. um, in Western countries. There we go. Nope, that didn't help. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> uh, just mo- going by images, this doesn't seem like a caftan. Okay. Though it could be, kind of. You know uh, what it might be. I'm looking at one. I'm looking at one on Etsy right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's long and flowy. It looks like a nightgown, which I thought this did. Yeah. Uh, this is ugly, however, and it, hers it was looks not. like she's about to join a cult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is a good, yeah. This is a good example. I'm showing him one right now. It says it's a Moroccan. Cat. Oh yeah, I saw. I saw yeah. this one. You saw yeah, this one. That, yeah, I but think that, is, that one. That is that basically like... the type of thing she's wearing. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah. I because uh, because I did. I almost said she goes off in her elaborate nightgown, <laughs> and then I was like, no. This scene takes place in the middle of the party, doesn't yeah. it? Basically, or is her, that... her her dress is basically like a rectangle with a big V cut out right. in the front. Yep, and and that's surrounded by gold. Yeah. Again. And it's it's amazing. It's we so should good. Not, I do not mean to take away from this. No, this I I loved it. It's, I loved that dress. Yeah. I loved the scene. It was yeah. it was really great. Mm-hmm. And oh, speaking of which, we didn't mention on the other half of that that conference call is Meth Damon <laughs> and uh, Jesse Plemons, who we I, love. Yes, I was. Uh, this, this podcast love and appreciates Jesse Plemons. Yes, uh, yeah. This is uh, this is a pro a pro Plemons <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yes. Pro Plemons podcast. Yeah. I was I was reading something on Reddit or something the other day who uh, where they were the person was like, can we please stop calling Jesse Plemons Meth Damon because. He's so great on his own. He doesn't need to be compared to Matt Damon. I mean, that's fair. And that's fair. That is fair. But at the same time, that was the best joke that came out of the last, like, ten years. Yeah, it's it's a really perfect description of him. But uh, Plemons is great 
it, pretty much everything that I've ever yeah, seen him in. True. Uh, when life Especially. gives you lemons, you make game night. You make the post. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but it, he's you, one. He's one. Do you know? I, I'm sorry. I just wanted to interject real quick. Uh, when Plemons shows up at Ben Bradley's house and he plays the um, legal counsel for the post, mm-hmm. and he shows up and his name is Roger Clark, and I like for half a second I was like, I know this person, and I was like, No, I'm thinking of Roger Clark from New York One. <laughs> okay. Totally, totally different person. So very might, local shout out. There might also be a Roger Clark in the birds. No, I'm thinking of Roger McGuinn, and then somebody else named Clark. Okay. That's that's but that's yeah. a. So I just that's I, my frit. That's what you think of is what you think of local go. news. I think of of '60s folk yeah. bands. I think of a small um, local news station. <laughs> it hasn't ha- it hasn't had its Vietnam papers. No, it's true. Uh, but yeah, but uh, it would be in the papers with Pat Kiernan. <laughs> Uh, Plemons is great in this movie. One again, one of the people in this movie who gets like he he gets more lines than Zach Woods. That's he gets true. maybe he has, ten. He lines. has a decent. Amount. He also has a good line, uh, which I don't remember now, of course. But when they have the court scene where they go in front of the courts and stuff Ooh, like that, he he gets to he gets to actually speak okay. in that scene, which is very exciting. Um, but I don't remember what he says. So this is uh, this fair. is a sad okay. tangent. Oh, uh, but I, I do remember when I he... I just remember it was good. I remember being like, yeah, When he goes over to, to, to Ben Bradley's townhouse and introduces himself, I'm like, Roger Clark, senior counsel, and then uh, Tom Hanks kind of like just sort of stares, stares at, at him, him for a little bit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, like, when did you graduate law school? And he goes like, he's about to answer. And he's like, never mind, get in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there, there's that tension there. And, and uh, Plemons plays it great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and... Everybody in this movie is really good. That's true. Everybody, yeah, I don't cast. think there's anybody in this movie who, like, they did not try. Right. Everybody right. tried. Everybody did. I, I, Do you know who I think is distracting in this movie? Is it David Cross? No, it's Odenkirk. Okay. Because the whole time, especially when he's, like, trying to get the papers and he's trying to get in touch with Ellsberg and he's, like, at the, the pay phones and he's dropping his shit all over the place, I'm like... Come on, Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. Get it together. Slipping Jimmy. Slipping Jimmy. Oh, oh, and that was distracting to me. That's fair. That That is... And, like, I was distracted by David Cross because of my own baggage, too, because, like, just... I, every, he didn't do a bad job, but just, like, every word that he said, like... That's David Cross. Right. It's David Cross. He has that silly voice. That's he says I these felt dumb about things. Zach Woods, except he has almost no lines. So well, it's not well a but I think it worked with Zach Woods because I think he was they they wanted him to play this like the the, the like bumbling guy a little okay. bit, you know, yeah. the like nervous the nervous the nervous lawyer. tall man. Yeah, he's the he's the nervous lawyer to to Plemons's, uh you know. Yeah. Uh, secure lawyer. Yeah. I should oh, say. Yeah. But to go back into like uh, to my. Uh, Filmmaker analysis. They, that that scene, which I referenced before, but uh, to get oh, back into it. Oh, with the conference call. No, uh, oh, okay. no, that, no. This scene, the scene with Zach Wood. It's very short. It's like one shot, and it, and um, it's like a handheld camera, but like they pretty much stay in one place. Uh, like Ben Bradley's like up against a fireplace. Oh, in the in the in the house. Yeah, yeah. in the house. And and Zach Woods uh, is on one side, and Jesse Plemons is on the other side. And Zach Woods, he's basically telling them, uh, he's telling them why. We can't run the story, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at one point, really no motivated reason, he crosses frame 
uh, to be next to Jesse Plemons, next to the fireplace, to be in between the two of them, and so he could, like, turn around and, like, face the camera while he says his lines. And then, like, Ben Bradley, like, turns, he, like, he, like walks away a little bit, and then uh, Zach Woods crosses uh, frame again to stand where he was at the beginning of the shot. <laughs> To finish so it, it seems like there's no reason for him to have left his original place. Yeah, it, it was a weird staging thing because it just felt like there was there was no reason for any of this to happen. Okay. And I feel like the, the, the solution could have been take the camera, walk back five paces, <laughs> and then everybody's good to go. It was so cramped. It was so weird. I feel like the, that whole sequence, though, everything that happens in the house where they're yeah. putting together the I do feel like, yeah, it's that. supposed to be I a little like cramped. I feel like it's cramped on purpose. Yes, but I feel like that shot was even more cramped than it needed to be. Okay. And it, that, this was just a distracting thing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like, ugh, A minus based on, you know, <laughs> just t- scratching off 10 points. But, like, these are the things that I noticed during this movie where I'm like, maybe this isn't a great movie. Okay. Because uh, I feel like this, the story... There's two different stories there, but they're both pretty good, and I right. wish we saw more of them. Yeah. But there's not really anything that egregious in like the the story or the dialogue. There's a there's a lot of on the nose. There's a lot dia- of on the nose dialogue, uh, yeah. But especially more towards the end of the movie, where they start oh, talking about like free press and and all that that's shit. That's true. But, um, we didn't sorry. talk about one bit actually, uh, even though I started to that I did like a lot with uh, with uh, Meryl Streep and Alison Brie mm-hmm. uh, because I, I mentioned Alison Brie, but we didn't talk about her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and she plays her daughter. Maybe yeah, I think we so. never we never got into that. But uh, but you don't see her a lot in the movie. Mm-hmm. You see her at the beginning when she's reading the paper, uh, when the story's coming out, and and she seems like she seems like a modern day career woman, mm-hmm. you know, whatever yeah. for the seventies. Even though you, I have no idea, she never seems to have a job at mm-hmm. any point in the movie. She's just around the house all the yeah. time, so she probably doesn't. But but her attitude is that, and um, and there's a scene later on where um, after. After, I think, is it after she's already decided to, to publish and they've done the thing? I can't remember. But there's a scene where Meryl Streep is sitting there and she's holding notes. Mm-hmm. And um, and they are, and you get like a glimpse of them before they read them. Yeah. Uh, and and it was it was notes um, after a, a notes for her to read like at after her, her husband's husband had funeral. died. Yeah. yeah. I think it was either well, I think at it her. Was, it seemed like it was at the company. Like when she yeah, went, yeah, when okay. she went back as the owner or the yeah. publisher, uh, that's what it seemed like. And um, and yeah, but there were notes that her daughter question mark yeah, she, had she, written for mm. her. And I liked that idea because I liked the idea of yeah, you get a good sense of their relationship right. where uh, uh, Catherine Graham really relies on her daughter in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and the fact that they were uh, and the fact that I liked the idea because it supported the like boardroom earlier. Mm-hmm. It was like the idea that Kay had a lot to say but had trouble saying it yeah. to big groups of people, mm-hmm. and so she had these these like little notes from her daughter to get her through this speech, and it was just like it was just like thank them and then. Uh, say, uh, you know, times are rough, but we're going to get through them together or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, something along those lines. It was, like, very generic things, but, like, but, but uh, generic specifics mm-hmm. to, to yeah. yeah. 
And I just liked it. I liked what it said about them. I like, I just like, I yeah. just like Kay. Yeah. She's so good. She's great. I have no problems with her as a character. She's a good uh, person. I, yeah. I have problems with other parts of the movie, but not with uh, Meryl Streep as Catherine Graham. She's yeah. really good. Uh, I just have a weird thing, with, uh, weird problem with that scene. Why are they in the in the kids' room? That I thought like, was a problem. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was weird. Like the kid, the kid wakes up a little bit at the beginning and then goes back to sleep. No, they're talking at they're talking, yeah, they're talking full at normal volume. volume. Right. I know people talk when people talk around me when I'm sleeping. I wake up. That's yeah. just how it happens. Uh, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I I, I don't. It's really Sometimes weird. I answer. I'm not awake. <laughs> like that's so, Yeah. But it was it was just a weird uh, staging it was a weird decision. Staging. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's another bit of weird staging. Yeah. That's I. This, I feel like it doesn't feel like Spielberg was checked out of this movie. It feels like he thought it was an important thing that he wanted to tell. Important story, but, but it feels like he didn't get notes from anybody. Well, no, I feel like he doesn't ever he doesn't, get notes. But, right, uh, but he's, right. he's Spielberg. But uh, I. But he what, didn't have anybody being like, "Why is this happening here?" Yeah, I I got the fe- the feeling that like he knew that he wanted to tell the story. That he felt like he needed to. But he didn't have a strong sense of how okay. or why. And I, I feel like, he, like so he, it was like he didn't quite know what to do with everything uh, that was happening. And so he kind of just shot it the way I, like he just, just like, all right, well, let's let's go. Let's figure, let's, <laughs> let's do it. Uh, and also they shoot it really quickly. And I'm, I'm, I feel like they probably shot it in like six weeks or something like that. I mean, uh, that's just impressive that they got all those people. But, yeah, it, the, you know, th- this is amazing. Although like, that, that like, also does explain why so many of them are comedians. Does it? Because they don't have jobs. They, they don't are have on jobs. TV shows. They don't have They're jobs. On... What is David Cross doing? Uh, stand-up. Exactly. He doesn't have a job. <laughs> That's a job! The... He gets paid! He can, Well, I'm saying he can move it for a Spielberg movie, is what I'm saying. He can, but I feel like he... Probably wouldn't. Okay. I feel like he may. I, that's the thing. I, it's 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 kind of amazing to consider that this movie was probably shot within six weeks, and all of these people had six weeks open. It's pretty. Well, that's true. Or I at least like was, like a couple weeks here right. and there. Yeah, because because most of these people, I'm sure, only had to be available for about a week. Yeah. You know, like. But there are a lot of scenes. Unlike now, like I feel like there's a thing more nowadays where. Uh, they want a lot of famous people in the movie, and their schedules don't ever line up. So they're like, yeah. that's fine. We'll just shoot you talking to nobody, <laughs> and then right. we'll edit it into the movie somehow. Yeah. But there are a lot of scenes, especially in the newsroom, where everybody in the movie is in the movie all at once. Yes, but many of those people, not all of those people, but many of those people don't have a lot happening. Yeah, Yeah, that's... that's yeah, that's the other like they frustrating have things thing. that they're doing, but but not necessarily things that are all happening at the same time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, like let's say Tom Hanks is already blocked out this time, right? You've yeah. got Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm sure that's the kind of, you have to you have to nail that shit down. Yeah, you got you got to nail Hanks down, but also Hanks. But also you if to, he's if he can move stuff around for Spielberg, he's gonna he do, it. do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, you got to shoot and to play around, this part. You got to shoot around Better Call Saul. Yeah. Because. AMC doesn't give a shit. They but don't I, care. I think they probably. Um, I think they shot this movie in the summer, probably okay. in New York. Right. Uh, and I, I think Better Call Saul shoots, you know, like November to March or whatever. You know, they they shoot, you know, like school time hours. That, that's usually when TV shows shoot. They're usually off for the summer. Yeah, that uh, sounds like that sounds right. 
But like aside from that, and Zach Woods is on Silicon Valley. Uh, oh too. yeah, I did forget. Uh, that. But he only has one C, so he literally only had to come in. He probably only shot a day on this. Yeah, movie. he probably did. Um, that's what I was gonna say. Was like, who else? I mean, because like Streep is the same idea as Hanks. Yeah. You know, you lock that down first. Mm-hmm. She gets set. She's fine. She's barely in the second Mamma Mia, as I hear. <laughs> so. Um, well, that's disappointing. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Um. <laughs> Oh, I have feelings about that. Instead, you get more Lily James? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You do get some share, though. Okay. Which I think is a fair trade-off. Probably. But that's my my one regret, not having seen the second Mamma Mia yet. Mm -hmm. My one regret is that I don't think there are any scenes with Meryl Streep and Cher in them. Like, which, why bother? They were both in Silkwood together. There you go. Back in I gotta see that. I that was, that. I believe, Cher's first movie. Well, no, it was her second movie. Okay. It was her first big role. She got nominated for Best Supporting Actress out of the gate. Nice. In a movie with fucking Meryl in it. Cheryl? Uh, Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> I combine them. That's yeah. their ship name. Mm-hmm. Their ship name is Cheryl. Um, Cher? Cher is great. I, I, I am like some, Cher. I have not seen I think many, she's a pretty good actress. I haven't seen her I've that actually, much either. But. I've only actually ever seen... You know I she's think, good in? Mermaids. I gotta see it. I've only ever seen one Cher movie, I think. And okay. it was her first one, Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Okay. Uh, which is a really good movie, but it's very much like a play that was shot. Mm. Like It's an Altman movie where he's experimenting. So, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. But I think her uh, her career is very interesting to me because she, she, the 80s she was like, well, singing kind of dried up. I want to be an actress, but I want to be a fucking great actress. Yeah, right, exactly. And she She's got, like, I'm going to be the best actress. Yeah, so she she like, she like got in the big movie. She got in a Mike Nichols, Meryl Streep movie, and she got nominated for an Oscar. Yep. And then she did like Mask, which like Mask. whatever. She got nominated for that, too. Did, I don't know if she, she did. Uh, I don't know. But I don't but know but if that was a huge movie. But then Moonstruck, yeah, and then, best yep. actress, right out of the gate, her yep. like third or fourth movie. Yep. And then she did like sure. like three or four more movies, and then she's like, I'm done. Yeah. Like, like, uh, like, she basically, I think, Mermaids. Mermaids is a weird movie. That's yeah. why I want to watch it. Yeah, with you. she, she, I think she did like uh, maybe one movie after Mermaids in like the early '90s, and then she did Tea with Mussolini in '99, <laughs> and then fucking nothing she until did, Burlesque, which is which is the greatest cinematic achievement of, of that year. I would say. I have no of idea. that year. Okay, well, I don't know what yeah. else came out. I don't know what else came I, out. I, like, I'm going to look it up and it's okay. going to be like, there <laughs> will be, be blood like, and, yeah, and right, uh, exactly. no country world Like, directly movies that I love. Yeah. It'll be, yeah. Um, well, we'll have to remember. We'll put a pin in this yeah. and we'll talk about yeah, it when is, we talk about the movies. Yeah, this has been a tangent. We'll talk about the movies of that year and but be like, I, how does burlesque compare? But, uh, but, but we are going to talk about Cher some more because her movies have been nominated for... For Oscars, for Oscars right. Uh, Moonstruck, I think Silkwood was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, it was certainly nominated for Best Actress, Meryl, yeah, and Meryl. I think Best Director, Mike Nichols. Okay. I think probably got Best Picture. Okay. Um, so I, I guess we're, since, so, since yeah, we talked so long about up, Cher, yeah, I guess we we're up, basically we wrapping up, up. Yeah, I guess we tied up the plot. Is there anything else um, you want to talk about specifically? Um, No, I think we got it. We got Alison Brie. We got the, the conference call. Well, oh, well, the best thing about the conference call, I think, other mm-hmm. than uh, Meryl Streep swanning off in her in yeah. her caftan, is um, throughout the whole movie, Bradley Whitford playing uh, the enemy of all that is good. Yeah, uh, um, uh, playing smarmy like nobody else does. He's, yeah. he's, he's the best at smarmy. He's, he's great at smarmy. Um, yeah, he's basically, you know, he's just, I don't know, an investor or somebody like that. I think he and might be the chairman of the board. I or? thought he was, but I looked it up and actually Fritz is. Okay. Apparently. Apparently That's Fritz interesting. is. interesting. I wouldn't I have, I wouldn't have, uh, based yeah. on, on the roles in the movie, I wouldn't have right. thought that Fritz had any power. Yeah, exactly. Because he's so sympathetic. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently, according to Wikipedia, Fritz is the chairman. 
Um, and he's great, and I love him. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I get, well, you wanted to say something about Bradley Whitford. Well, I was just going to say that the best thing about that scene is um, because he's sort of the whole time he's been pushing, he's been mm-hmm. nudging, yeah. and blah 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 blah. And what's best for the paper? What's best for mm-hmm. uh, your family? And blah 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 blah. And in this conference call. Um, she looks at him and she's like, this is my oh, well, paper. And this, is, this is actually, this is two different scenes, actually, where no. we're conflating these things. There's the conference call where nobody's in the same room. And no, then she's late- in the same room as him in that one. No, there's the conference call where she's in her office alone. Like, oh. uh, like Bradley refers to on the line and she's that's like, right. you know, and there are the, other phones yes. in the hallway. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he picks then, up the phone first. But then later there's like another crisis, like at midnight when they like, they have when to they when they like meet publish. the deadline yeah. and publish right, and then everybody's right. in the same room and that's also a really good scene that's the scene that's where the she scene really of, that's the scene like exerts of. her power yeah, that's that's, that's a great scene I forgot that was two different scenes I, because they save the they serve the same yeah, purpose once again in this movie like two scenes that really they contradict each other and like yeah. you could have put this all in one movie like you miss yeah. the like the like power moment of Meryl going like yeah let's do it let's do it let's do it but like I uh, do love that that moment. is a great moment that's especially because of her delivery yeah she's like let's go let's go let's go yeah. we're doing it alright yeah. let's publish uh, <laughs> but but yeah that that scene where they're all together and and yeah she's really like uh, yeah I I run this paper yeah she's like and this if you is don't my paper like that then and... maybe you shouldn't be on the board yep and yeah it's great yeah it's so um, good. And yeah, she's she's like I she's like this is my paper. Anybody who still thinks of it as my father's paper maybe shouldn't be working for yeah. me. And like and like um and and Bradley and Fritz they they don't say anything in that scene, but they're like the looks on their faces are like, "Yep, that's yeah. All right." No, I I don't like we, I feel like I I feel like Bradley is like not into it. I feel like Fritz looks at him like, yeah. "See?" And he's like, "Fuck." Um Bradley Whitford, America's Enemy. Yeah. yeah. I love him. Yeah. We love you, Bradley Whitford. Yeah, Bradley Whitford is, yeah. is, he's been one of my favorites for yeah, forever. He's he's one, I, I love it when he pops up and everything. I love that he's popping up in like bigger movies now. That's I feel true. like, you know, he, had, he, he was, he was on TV for a long time in the West yeah. Wing. And then after that, he, you know, he would do, you know, guest spots on shows and he had his own shows for a while. And he popped up in movies a little bit, but now he's like in the, he's in the big leagues. Yeah. Uh, which he's, he's always been in big leagues. Acting wise, right. so it's been great. But yeah. like, he's now showing up in like the Oscar movie. He's in two movies nominated for Best Picture. That's yeah. great. That Love is great. It. Good for him. Yeah, didn't get nominated for either of them. No, to well, be fair, he's like, barely in. This yeah, one, he, he, I, I wouldn't have thought he would get nominated for. No, that's either. true. He's good. At, he's really good in Get Out, but he's yeah. not like better necessarily. Well, not that he's not better, but his part isn't notable, more notable than the other people nominated for Best uh, Supporting Actor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway. Uh, I guess uh, I just wanted to like run through the the cast of this movie a little okay. bit just to just to say whether they were great or whether they, they were sucked great. butt. Yeah. Or okay. Whatever. Oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, no, do I, I don't think anybody sucked butt in this movie. But like, Mer- uh, we've been talking about Meryl this whole movie. She's this so really great. is. She's I wish this were more Meryl's. Yeah, movie. Yeah, I agree with that because yeah. she's so great, and I feel like if she had like twenty more minutes in this movie, uh, she would have got. She might have gotten nominated for best I, actress. I don't remember. I guess she might have. But she could have. Pulled off. I don't remember who won this year. Oh, God. Um, who won Best Actress? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have that open because I was looking to see whether or not. Oh, she Best was Actress twenty eighteen uh, was Frances McDormand in Three Billboards, which oh, we okay. haven't well, seen. Oh, okay. she would have won anyway. Which we haven't seen. Yeah, but um, I can safely say she would have won anyway. She yeah. was. Uh, Meryl was nominated for Best okay. Actress. Okay. Yeah. Well then, 
Then never mind. Okay. Uh, she was great. Uh, Tom Hanks as Ben Bradley. He's fine. It's kind. Of, it's a weird performance to me. Well, because he's playing gruff, and Tom right. Hanks isn't gruff. We know well, Tom Hanks isn't gruff. I I feel like it's a thing though that on purpose because he's so gruff, and I feel like I like I like gruff Tom Hanks. You yeah. know, he's like I feel like when he's done gruff, he's done gruff better. Lovable gruff. Yeah. You know, like, and I feel like that's what Spielberg wants Ben Bradley to be. Yeah. I, I think he's done gruff better, like uh, Tom Hanks in A League of Their Own. Oh, my God. Yeah. Gruff as they come. That's true. So gruff. But, yep. uh, yeah. I wish that A League of Their Own was nominated for Oscars so that we could talk about it, because I have a lot of feelings It's about Yeah, it. it's really great. Uh, it, Tom Hanks... I, I know it's it's the women's movie, uh, but Tom Hanks in that movie is it's really great. It, he gives maybe his first great performance. Yeah, he was really good. It's, he was really good in Big. He was nominated for Best Actor, but like I think A League of Their Own, he's like great. He's, he's great in it. Um, but I have a lot of problems with uh, with the fact that they try to force a romance between him, him and Gina Davis in yeah, that movie, uh, fuck and that. it's weird. That's weird. I have a lot of problem with the heterosexuality of A League of Their Own. <laughs> that's fair. Just just that's in fair. general, yeah, to be fair. honest. Uh, but yeah, it's, his performance doesn't uh, hit the way it should in that movie for me. In in the post, in the post, uh, yeah, yeah Especially right. because I, I hate to compare it again to All the President's Men, but Jason Robards in All the President's Men, he's super gruff. He's a bastard, but you love him anyway for some reason, and you don't quite know why. <laughs> okay. And I and I wanted a bit more of of that. Uh, okay. uh, like you know what that means. Uh, uh, Hank's aged a lot in a couple of years. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I actually don't remember. I don't remember all the presidents men that well. I've seen it like one and a half times, mm-hmm. maybe. And uh, yeah, so in my head, Jason Robards is just Jason Robards. He has white hair. I mean, He's Jason Robards has been old pretty much from the beginning. But That's I, th- what I, I think imagine. in that movie, yeah. he was probably in his maybe. He could have been as as young as his mid fifties. Okay. Uh, because like that was that movie was like seventy five, and I know like like thirty five years shit, like just happened. Like pretty much, like the movie came out in seventy six. Sorry, and okay. uh, and that should came that should happen seventy two, seventy three. Okay, so it was very much a recent history. Okay, um, but yeah, I, I think Jason Robards. I think they that was a case where they probably really wanted him for the part, and he was maybe a little old for it. Okay. But uh, but they really wanted him. But, Do you want a fun fact, not to derail too much? Please. Uh, when I was very young, I thought that Jason Robards was related to Julia Roberts. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. I did not and understand. And they just sort of they just sort of changed yeah, it a little bit. Yeah, the just you know. kind of changed, you know. And yeah. uh, I think it was because uh, because I had read a lot of stories where immigrants changed their names around the same time when I was very young, and so I was just like, that just happens. People yeah. just change their names sure. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's a fun fact about child me. Love it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, I, I think the cast on Wikipedia here is going in order of them credited in the movie. So this is really where Sarah Paulson, oh. third, third build in this Listen. movie. Listen. Yeah. She's another one who has like five lines in this movie. This was this, this is a part where like if this movie wasn't directed by Steven Spielberg and they offered this part to Sarah Paulson, she'd be like, "Why? Right? Why do yeah, you want me that's to true. Wh- like? Yeah. I I have so much better stuff to do with it's this true. with my time. But it's a Spielberg movie, so you're like, yeah, I want to work with Spielberg. I also I feel like her part in this movie it's it's maybe the closest to being unnecessary uh, or well not the closest, but it, it's. I feel like another movie could have just cut out the wife entirely, which would which would be problematic. But they uh, don't yeah. give they don't give part, her anything. To yeah, do. they don't give her anything. To I do think there. she's supposed to humanize Ben. Yeah, but like, but it doesn't, he it doesn't, doesn't really, really need to be because he's played by Tom Hanks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, the part is redundant to right. a certain extent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bob Odenkirk, I thought he did pretty well. Yeah, I thought he's he did fine. really well. I thought he was playing Jimmy McGill, and I found it shocking. I think he's coming into his own as a dramatic actor, but he doesn't have that much range. You know, he's still playing mm. people who are like like sad sack right. uh, early 50s yeah. guys, you know. Yeah, I like him a lot, but yeah. but I but yeah, but I I I did I did find it distracting how much I thought he was playing Jimmy McGill. That's fair. Yeah. But I, I think it was it was great casting because like there there's not that many parts that Bob Odenkirk is really good for. That's a good point. Days. Yeah, and they, they and got this, a, got this a, a good part house. in yeah. a good movie. Yeah, that's and so which I'm is really nice good. for him, yeah. and I'm glad he got it. Yeah, Tracy Letts. This is another weird one. We're like, why did you He's take this part? He's barely in it. He's yeah. barely in this movie. Well, He's also like. Barely an actor. Like I right. know he started as an actor, but he's known mostly as a playwright, as a playwright these days. Yeah. He's do, he does a lot of Broadway stuff, and I like him a lot. In yeah, it. he does. Le- he lends the I, like. I've only ever seen him in two things. Right. Uh, this and, Lady, and Bird. Lady Bird. But in both things, he's just such a like. He's a calm authority. Yeah. He, I agree with that. He doesn't assert his presence yep. in these movies, but you know he's important, and you know the people in the movie really think he's important yeah but he just sort of he just sort of sits there and is calm about it right. and maybe that maybe that is what tracy Letts brings to these parts i don't I know guess that's possible uh, maybe it is uh, yeah. it was really good bradley Rufford, we talked about that bruce greenwood as, as bob mcnamara much oh i like bruce greenwood. i like him too it's like, a weird part for him but it work it totally works for yeah, him because like because you want to because you know he's a shit yeah. but you want to understand why he's doing it mm-hmm. yeah so I like I like I like Bruce Greenwood though. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Matthew Reese has like fucking nothing yeah, to do with like this movie. I used to like like this was like a week's work after the Americans wrapped while he was still in New York, <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, fine, I'll do it." Uh, Alice Marie, Carrie Coon as who who is a is that the as lady a character, reporter? Yeah, who has a I character who has a name. name apparently, yeah. her character mm-hmm. has a name. She's like nothing to do with this movie. Uh, she's married to Tracy Letts. I don't know if you knew that. I don't. I don't yep. think I did know that. Yep. Okay. So they were in a movie together, which is nice. Her okay. Uh, this oh, this is the thing that I wanted to talk about real quick. Okay. Um, which is the very end of the movie where they um. They get the 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 results of the ju- the jury's decision or whatever, oh, or th- and, and she's somebody has she's to... like listening on the phone. Yeah. She's like, okay, everybody, hold up, shut up. It's coming in. Uh, I've got the results. It's like five to two, and then some and then dude some comes dude, out. Yes. He's like, we did it. We I won. Hated that. Oh I God, hated that it. might have been exactly what happened in real life. But fuck that. Cut that guy yeah. out. That's bullshit. I hated that. Oh, God. especially because then she and still it, had to stay on. Yeah, the phone. it totally disrupts the flow yeah. of that scene because she's still delivering. She's delivering right. like the judge's like the statement. Yeah. The, yeah, the opinion. Yeah. Which that is super on the nose, but that's it that's is. Spielberg. But you still wanted, you still get you know, like very he emotional. Wanted that quote in there, yeah, and it was a good quote. Yeah, and, yeah. The but whole and, time and like, I was thinking about the logistics of somebody having to read you entire sentences, yeah. and then you having to repeat them back, and I'm yeah. like, is and, he leaving and, enough time? Yeah, and, and you have like, to like act is. them, you yeah. know? Yeah, and, yeah. and so yeah. But but yeah, I hated that f- fucking oh, guy. God, I hated that. that no, I don't. I don't remember if that's a person who had been in the I movie d- before that. I don't remember that. if it was either. Oh, God. Anyway. Uh, uh, oh, worst. Yeah, yeah, she has, like, nothing to do 
Once again, That's and true. she's in like she's real the she's, one she was who like was in... supposed to go to Trisha Nixon's wedding, yeah, uh, and is not allowed to mm-hmm. because she crashed yeah. Julie. Nixon's but Carrie Coon is great. She's apparently she's, she's in like, like season one of Fargo. I've not seen okay. Fargo yet. She's really good. she's in Gone Girl. She was Affleck's uh, oh, sister. Oh, his sister. Okay, yeah, his I like her in that. Yeah. yeah, she's really good. She should not have this small part in this movie. Eh. Uh, but she did fine. It was great. Uh, Plemons Cross is just distracting to me <laughs> his character just has, is like nothing like his yeah his, he's just a guy in the newsroom he yeah. doesn't have a part who is the the one who actually does have lines who hasn't come up yet who i definitely recognize but i don't know his name that's too vague i don't know he is the guy that does like the copy editing on the story when they get the story in the guy he's the, the guy who receives the shoebox. oh those, those are different guys no, it's the same guy. No. Oh, well, he doesn't do the copy editing. Yeah, the copy editing guy he, is the guy with the hat. Does, like, and a, I love that. This no, guy, not that guy. Yeah, this guy has, but I, I love that because this guy has no lines, but you're like, I know I know who that guy is in the newsroom. He's he's the yeah. guy with, he's the tiny guy with the hat. Yeah. And you just imagine he's been there for like four right. years. He started when he was like yeah. 16. And but he's, he's, he, the guy that does the punch up after the copy Yeah, I don't, I don't know his name. Uh, okay. And I don't know his character's yeah. name. So okay. I have no idea oh, which well. of these people he That's is. Fine. But yeah, I've definitely seen him and stuff. Him. And I do love the his scene had... where he's like always, he's like talking over Ben Bradley as like yeah. Ben Bradley's and doing like, important work. And him. he's like, oh yeah, I just got this shoe box. And yeah, she's wearing the skirt. I don't know how, I don't know what you call <laughs> yeah, one of those skirts. One of those skirts. Oh, a tie-dye skirt. Oh, that's yeah. it. Oh, I, that, li- yeah. that, I like that bit. I love that's that guy. a good bit. Yeah, I love that guy. I love that bit. That's great. We didn't talk about who also has a very small part of this movie, Michael Stuhlbarg, as the as the lawyer from The Times. I don't even remember he him had, being in a, it. He had a scene. He was with dinner. He was at dinner with Meryl Streep, uh, and then he got called away because of this news that, like, they were in, enjoying, no, like, the New York the, Times. No, he's the owner of the times maybe he's the owner of the times. i don't fucking I know i don't know that's yeah, i remember okay. there's there's a scene yeah, there's a scene okay. when the times yeah. like yeah. printed and like they just cut to him and he gets it and he just like reads it and then it cuts away and you have no idea who the fuck this guy is except that he's michael stuhlbarg right and so he's i believe like, he's the he's the owner or publisher or something like that yeah okay. and that's why Merrill's going to have lunch with yeah, him that that's why sense. he's at the court at the end yeah. he's the one that they all stop to talk yeah. to and once again yeah. he has like negative part in this movie yeah, like true. he could have just not been in this right. movie and when he's played by michael stuhlbarg yep. and this was his uh this was one of his three movies nominated <laughs> for best picture this year and the one in which Running he's the like table. maybe no but like like every other movie he's yeah, in you could remove him from this movie and yeah. it would uh, but he yeah. is integral to the shape of water and call me by your name right. and yeah he's great and yep. Uh, that's it. everybody else in this movie. I don't know. Okay. I don't know who any of these people are. I just wanted okay. to get uh, all these people. Who's yeah, because there's a lot of people. Yeah, in there's this so movie. many people in this movie. There's too many people in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a distracting amount of people. Like, like th- this cast, you could have this entire the, this amount of characters in something, but the fact that that like half of them are played by people that you know and you've seen and stuff, but they have no lines. You're like. Why, why right. are they doing it? It's exactly. distracting that they're there. Yes, I agree with. And that. And like, I get the point of view that like uh, you're like, well. We they can to, we can get these people, so why don't we get these people to right. just be great in five lines? But it's still like you could give that part to like somebody that you've never seen on camera yeah. before, but they give a really good performance. You and, could like, give that part to Vin Diesel and Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, yeah. You know, he had barely been in anything, and that that was that his, catapulted. Yeah, him. right. Yeah. Exactly. And I guess you could argue that uh, this could catapult Jesse Plemons or Zach Woods, but no, not really. They're already doing fine. They're already I don't in their know. own stuff. Would you ever? 
I guess, no, I guess that's fair. Uh, I don't oppose giving a boost to Jesse Plemons. Yeah, that's true. But like, but like Zach Woods, like he shows up, you're like, hey, that's that guy. This guy's going to be important in this movie. And then, nope, he had one scene. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's weird. But that's the post for you. I, I, I don't love this movie. I think there's a lot of things that Spielberg does that are very distracting. And it doesn't feel like he knows what the story is or where the story is going to go. And I, I just feel like this movie could have been a lot better. Yeah. I agree with that. I think when we watched the movie, I said you said, I don't, li- I don't think I like this movie. Yeah. And I said, I think this movie is fine. Yeah. When I first saw it, I was like, yeah, this is fine. This is a fine movie. Everybody does well. And everything, it was made well. But I don't know if it was made well. It, I think yeah. is my... I don't think I would watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. I, if there was a movie about uh, Kay Graham and her family and her making decisions for the paper, I might watch that movie yeah. again. Yeah, that was yeah. yeah. But the the way that this is right now, it's just like it it's almost there and yeah. it just wasn't. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know why because like like Spielberg and this story, it's like a perfect match. And yeah, I don't know. Okay. Which is why I'm like I, which is why I say like I don't know if I if I dislike this movie. I'm on the fence. It's okay. like I feel like a, it also could be like five years later I'll watch this movie and be like, yeah, this is great. I love this movie. I've been sleeping <laughs> on this movie. I don't know. I feel like it, it could go either way. I'm like, I'll be perpetually on the fence about this movie. I okay. Think. Yeah, they they try so hard to make this an important movie. It it was certainly made for this time. It's like yeah, this movie. Coming out now, it's the perfect time for this movie because Trump is always attacking the press and all this stuff. But I'm not sure this movie says anything that uh, the audience for this movie didn't already know. That's true. I don't, I feel, you know, and I wonder if that is possibly the intent by putting like the biggest movie stars that everybody loves in it. Mm -hmm. Is that he's trying to get this movie to be seen by people who might watch it and go oh you know what freedom of the press is important yeah i guess there there probably are some people who still identify as republicans who like tom hanks and go to see tom hanks movies so i guess everybody maybe everybody likes tom everybody hanks. loves tom hanks yeah. you know what i bet donald trump doesn't like tom hanks tom, donald trump doesn't like anybody it's true donald trump likes donald trump <laughs> yeah i'm uh, not sure he likes his wife and children no i don't think he does yeah but uh but yeah i don't know if I can understand why this movie was nominated for Best Picture because this is the kind of movie they would nominate like throughout their history. This is very much like it's a, you know, important people in an important movie and so and and the people who make movies are like, yeah, it's a good thing we made this movie. Mm-hmm. And so they feel great about themselves for nominating this movie. But does it hold up to the other movies? I don't think it does. No. I, I don't think so. I don't think, but there's still we like, haven't. Yeah, there's a couple still we haven't seen. Yeah, but I, but. I don't think this holds up against like Get Out or no. uh, in these other movies. And I think that the Academy thought it was important to nominate this movie because it's about freedom of the press. Yeah. Um, and you know, on a similar note to like, I feel like the Academy thought it was important to nominate Get Out because it's about racism. Yeah. You and know, like, they want to have these, and I assume not having seen it yet. Uh, I assume that uh, Three Billboards is, like, about sexual assault in yeah. some way. Uh, I know very I, little about yeah. Three Billboards. And like, I, I feel like <laughs> I, I, I don't like the term Oscar bait because I feel like it suggests that people are making movies just to win Oscars. And right, I feel like it's I very disingenuous. Uh, but Although I do sometimes feel like it's probably true. Maybe. Some, I'm certain, certainly some people involved are doing that. But 
I feel like there are certain movies that are made that after they are made, they like tick all of the Academy boxes. Yeah. And this is definitely that. Right. I agree with that. The, mm-hmm. This has got got everything that you like. You're just reading about this movie existing. You're like, oh, that's going to be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. I imagine this movie would have had to be really bad to not get nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. You know, based on everything else that is going for it. Mm -hmm. And, like, that, I guess, does say something about the Academy Mm -hmm. itself. I I feel like the fact that, actually, this the fact that this movie did not win Best Picture or that this movie was not even a frontrunner says something about the quality of this movie, actually. Because I feel like if this movie were even, like, 15% better, it would have been been a front... Yeah, it would have been, like, one or two. Yeah. You know, Uh, Mm -hmm. and... And I feel like that's the, like this movie. Everybody wanted to. Everybody went in it wanted to, to wanting to really like it and wanting to vote for it for best picture. And it just wasn't quite there. Right. It was just almost there. Yeah. I do. And, well, I was just gonna say the only thing on that, which we will get to more in the other episodes, is I do think that that speaks to what a fractitious year it is. Yeah, and I do think this is a lot about the the academy becoming more diverse, which is a very good thing. Yeah. But it does uh, it it raises the question: What will become of these traditional Oscar movies? Not that they should like not this, this movie should have won. Yeah, this right. movie does not deserve a nomination. Anymore, but like, it's interesting. But like, if it these, might have been a slam dunk like yeah, ten years ago. Yeah, and so it's it. I wonder if this type of movie will still have a place in five ten years. Not that it should or shouldn't. I just I'm curious about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. And so yeah, that was uh, the post. If you enjoyed these insane ramblings that went on for <laughs> over two hours, uh, please uh, uh, rate us on iTunes. Please subscribe. Um, and that's it. Uh, write a review. That would be nice. Yeah. Write a review on keep, iTunes. Please keep tuning in. Yeah, we're keep just, listening. We're just getting started. Uh, we'll please, tighten up. Yeah. Please don't li- only listen to the episodes of movies that you've seen because there's there's going to be a lot that you haven't. Probably. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, hope we'll see you next time. Yeah. This is the story you wanted to write. Well, tonight is a night that you can. Just get this done, and by dawn's early light, you can finish the fight you began. This time we're in it to stay. Think about seizing the day. Think of that train as she rolls into old Santa Fe. Tell him I'm on my way. See you, my